Come here, Dale. Dale? My mic stands. Bobblehead. You haven't even taken him out of the box? No, he's vintage. You take Dale out of the box. No. Dale stays in box. What's the point of keeping, like, bobbleheads in the original box? Because it looks cool. It's two redheads and one who keeps bobbleheads in the boxes talking about racing. And it's not me. It's me, Jason Schultz, who hasn't removed <laughs> Dale from his bobblehead box in three years. Yes, you got a Dale Jr. bobblehead and you don't take it out of the box. By the way, Andrew Curland here. Vintage, you gotta keep it fresh. <laughs> no, come on, that's dumb. You get a bobblehead, you take it out of the box. I've never had a bobblehead before, so maybe I'm just not used to dealing with bobbleheads. Man, okay, when Texas was handing those Jimmy Johnson bobbleheads out a couple years ago, man, that thing didn't even see the inside of the box. Took that thing out before we got back on the airplane. Let's pause for a second. Ooh, we're gonna pause 10 seconds for station identification on the Redhead Racing Radio. And we're back from break. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. You know, should... going to the racetrack, I haven't done this in years because I haven't really gone to the track as a fan much and bought the um, headset to like listen to the broadcast. Of course, you have your own, so you can do it every week. But listen to the MRN broadcast and then their banter like between, during commercials, that's literally my favorite part of the broadcast. It'd be just hearing them joke around or say stupid things. Oh, man. Like, that was, I love that. So I I keep trying because every time I walk them down pit road, because uh, I've gotten to become I've gotten to know Alex Hayden pretty good, Mike Bagley pretty well. And I love their like their jokes off air are hilarious. So every now and then I'll be walking on pit road and I see like Kim Coon or when Alex Hayden wasn't in the booth, I would write a joke down on my phone and show it to them <laughs> like when they were off air. And I heard re- like when I swim at this pool at the YMCA here in Phoenix, every day they have a joke of the day. And I heard one today that I'd never heard before. It was, oh God. what What did the, where do the hamburgers go to dance? I don't know. Where do they go to dance, Andrew? The meatball. <laughs> no. <laughs> this is why people are going to stop listening because of you. Oh, come on. This is the, this is the kind of jokes people listen yeah. to. They tune in for. Did come you, on. Why do you listen to MRN for commercial breaks? Did you not see the angry mob that you formed on Twitter Sunday night because you refused to mention the podcast in your content for the week tweet? Yeah, I know. Well, I, uh, fans sorry. are pissed. Yeah, I saw that. Are you going to apologize? Um, you know what? No. Oh, uh, maybe I should. Oh, uh, you're frozen. Jason's frozen right now. No, it's actually pretty, oh, no, he's it's back. pretty nice out today. It was like 60 here in Charlotte. Oh, yeah? Try 77. Shut up. I, don't, I, I need to stop <laughs> comparing weather. I'm used to you living in Chicago. Yep. No, yes. Fans, I am sorry. Yeah, that's fake and insincere. <laughs> All right. We had a very important question come up before the show I want to address right away. So you're going to Phoenix this weekend, of course, because you live in Phoenix. Now it's your home track for race weekends. And you're mm-hmm. going to be... A very important person on Saturday introducing the Xfinity Series field for driver intros, which we'll get back to that later because I have some words you have to throw into the intros. But uh, Phoenix asked you what your title should be to be like, here's Andrew Kerland from blah, 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 introducing the field. Yeah. And you think you're waiting to text your people at NASCAR to ask what you should be called. I don't know why this why you can't just make this decision easy and just let us decide it right now. 
what? Andrew Curland, Redhead Racing Radio co-host. This is your opportunity <laughs> to uh, expose us to like 10,000 fans at the racetrack. They're like, oh, what's Redhead Racing Radio? Sounds like a podcast. Let me go look at my podcast app. Oh, let me subscribe. This kid sounds cool. You realize NASCAR doesn't need any more promo. You could give us such great promo promotion right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's ultimately... I just texted. If they don't give me an answer, maybe I'll say co-host Redhead Racing Radio. I know you'll introduce, if you do get to uh, phrase yourself or title yourself as that, it'll be, you know, probably like to 10,000 people maybe. Um, I got to give a shout-out on Door Bumper Clear last week. Not sure if you heard, but um, Brett set me up to talk about you, and I'm like, well, he's my co-host on Redhead Racing Radio. That's why I introduced you as. And so we had some people pay attention to that, so that was pretty cool. Man, maybe there should be like an award every time Redhead Racing Radio is plugged. We should get um, how much money do the drivers get for saying fast as Xfinity's internet? Yeah, I know, but I think driver intros, I don't know specific like how much time I'm going to have because like, you know, there's a very specific time for command and anthem, command, green flag, and that all starts with the pacing intro. So I don't know if I can take my time or if I'm going to have to rush through intros as fast as Xfinity X1 Internet. So we're going to have to see on Saturday. So how much money do drivers get for saying that? <laughs> yeah, I found this was very interesting. So drivers get 150 for mentioning that, and their PR reps also get money for that too. Every time it's mentioned, if I'm a that's P- just like a little. That's that's so easy. If I'm a PR rep, because I'm broke, I'm holding up a sign every time that says, "You Xfinity say this X5 five Internet. times." I need five hundred dollars <laughs> right now. Yeah, no, I found that was very interesting. So if you hear that, that's why. But um, I I really want to mention it in one of my interviews. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, we'll get to Phoenix more Phoenix stuff towards the end of the show. But you want to talk about Fontana, California? Yeah, I I know you hated it, Jason, but I thought Fontana was one of the greatest races throughout that we've seen in a long, long time. I never... The, okay, overall thought, overall thought about Fontana, I wish we went there more than once. That's that's my one takeaway from Fontana after this race. We used to. Yeah, I do, I do not remember those days, unfortunately. You think I hated Fontana... I thought the quality of the racing was probably the best at Fontana since those 2013, 2014, Denny Hamlin, Joey Logano, Kyle Busch, those epic races and epic finishes and battles they had, which I probably should go back and look this up. But my problem, the only problem I had with Sunday's race is that there, it was such a long, hey, there was no cautions. Why don't we have cautions anymore? I was on that train last year. Why aren't guys wrecking? Why are these cars incapable of wrecking? I want to see action throughout the race because that builds on the storylines of the race. If you want a full story, like the race is a full story, a beginning, a middle, and end. There's challenges and drama and everything throughout. That race had like good um, racing up front for the lead and stuff, but it lacked an ending. Like It was just Alex Bowman winning by 10 seconds. Who the hell wants to sit there for an exciting race all out for the whole time, get to the end, and then it's the same guy leading for the last, like, 80 laps, and he wins by 10 seconds. That's so anticlimactic. Yeah, I mean, the finish wasn't as great as the overall race, but I frankly don't think that takes away too much from the quality of the race that we saw. I judge races off 
like quality throughout. Hey, we saw we saw strategy that we have yet to see in a long time. That was tires coming into play. These were the longest, uh, the final stage, final 40, 45 laps or so was the longest stint that these drivers had tires. And you cannot say that didn't make a difference because Ryan Blaney, um, I mean, he, he had to pit with it like made three laps to go. It difference for one driver. If it was like the 10 of the top 20 had tire problems and had to manage them and pit in the last like five laps, the that would be tires were... I thought tires were a story all day long. Yes. And that was maybe something that we got instead of cautions was the tire wear that we got throughout long runs. And you don't see that when caution, when cautions come out and you pit multiple times. So you can't get everything in a race. You you just can't, you can't win with every single thing. And we got strategy in replace for caution. Tire wear is very important because most tracks don't have tire wear anymore. Tires aren't a story. They're not wearing out. Um, Brett Griffin on door bumper clear is the ringleader for needing more tire wear and tires to wear out and having to manage tires throughout the race. So whenever that comes into play, the race is always better, no matter what. But it's I wonder if that's a Fontana thing where the old track surface allowed tires to be a story or it's a good year. Maybe this year after years in probably the last decade of bringing bad tires to the track that hurt the racing. Maybe they changed it up a little bit this year. And Brett was like, good, you need to make a better tire. So maybe they did that and they're starting to do that this season, which would be great because tire wear does make for a great storyline. But would you rather see strategy in that sense play out or would you rather see dramatic restarts and cautions and action in that way i'd rather see late restarts a bunch of restarts a bunch of cautions a bunch of drama in that sense versus strategy that plays out throughout the race like if there's strategy yeah. in the beginning no, it's fine. of course of course i'd rather see that anytime you get a late race caution is exciting but what i'm saying is i didn't hate the alternative to the lack of cautions which was the strategy that was presented yes it's better than having nothing happen yeah. And you know what? That goes that goes for Fontana is I frankly forgot how great of a racetrack Fontana is. One of my I mean, my why I love Texas before the repave and why I really enjoy Chicagoland and at sometimes Miami is multiple grooves around the racetrack. I mean, from from the standpoint of Miami, there's clearly the predominant line is the high line. That's that's mainly where I was going. Miami's the best mile and a half out there. Don't get me wrong. Good. But honestly, one of the best tracks out there. But what I love about it is multi groove racing and Fontana 100 percent delivers on that. And the Xfinity race was wildly exciting. Cup race cup race was wildly exciting. And you throw in tire wear. It's like the perfect racetrack. Yeah. That's we need to go back there multiple times. I know we're talking about schedules and, and all that's coming out soon. I really, really hope we're going to see multiple Fontana races in the future. Do you understand why there's multi-groove racing at Fontana? Well, because it's a very wide track, progressive banking, isn't it? And the surface is like 20 plus years old. Yeah. And all the other tracks you listed have in common. They're ta- like old Texas, old surface, Miami, old surface. That's why Chicago, old surface. That's literally the reason why tracks are. OK, but eventually you do have to repave. There's nothing about and there's no, like you look at Atlanta. They're keeping it because of the quality of racing. But my God, if any track needs a repave just just to save the surface, it's Atlanta. Repaves eventually need to happen for every racetrack. And then you get back to it. Kentucky sucked the first couple of years. And Kentucky's then the track started now. to wear out, wear out. It's becoming a little bit better each time. Each year we go back, each year the track ages a little bit more. So 
you're a huge proponent. Where are you going? I'm just trying to combat all the negativity that I'm I feel is native. coming my way. I was I was very disappointed in the decisions tracks made to re all the tracks made to repave at the same time in the same decade, just because it ruined the racing on so many tracks. On top of the car changes and all that stuff, at like mile and a half, they were prevalent on the schedule in the early 2000s because they were just so exciting. Like they produced really good racing every time. And the complaint for the last decade has been mile and a half suck. It's boring. It's not very fun to watch. Short tracks are way better. Road courses are way better. But mile and a half used to be, have a good product. And that's when the track surfaces were old and worn out. And of course, we're closer in 2020 to having more tracks like that among all the ones that repaved than we were in 2010. But they're not wearing out. Charlotte was repaved. Guess what year Charlotte was repaved? Uh, man, I don't remember. It's been a while. Take a guess. What would you think, based on how the track looks and its um, quality of racing, how long do you think ago do you think it was repaved? 2002. You, based on what factors, did, uh, that's totally wrong, but what factors <laughs> did you think? I have no idea. All right. You said take a guess. Look at Charlotte. The uh, pavement's still really dark, correct? Yeah. It's not, there's not very wide groove racing. It's pretty much still bottom dominant one lane track. There's not, there's a little um, room to move around, but there's not much. Wait, they repaved it recently. Was it 11? So, do you understand? You see, the track is dark. There's not many lanes. You understand that, right? Yes. What that are you trying to teach me? Was the first track, one of the first tracks to be repaved in this whole span in 2006? It's been 14 okay. years. The track has not worn out. Well, it was 2002 wildly off. Because four years. you guess that just thinking it was super old, but like you didn't take that. You didn't take your like understanding of NASCAR to make that guess. Charlotte was like, it's I watched. not wildly off. Yes, it was. <laughs> Charlotte was one of the first tracks I fell in love with because in the 2005 All-Star Race, the 2005 Coca-Cola 600, they were two of the best races I ever saw. And it was this old Charlotte pavement that was bumpy and had a lot of, you know, just character to it. And then they repaved it and they put this really, they wanted to last a while. So they put this really, I don't know, wherever they did the pavement to make it last a while. So it hasn't worn out in 14 years. Like, if tracks are going to repave, you want them to start gradually wearing out and racing becoming better. Charlotte hasn't done that. Fontana is great because they're not going to repave it. It's worn out so much, and it's created good racing. Atlanta, same thing. I kind of – Atlanta, I'm on the page with you. I think they should repave because Atlanta had some really good races after their original reconfigurement in the, I think, early 2000s when those, you know, Jeff Gordon, um, Kevin Harvick finished, Dale Earnhardt, Bobby Labonte, like those were some good finishes. So I think fun. Well, and everyone's got to repave at some point. Yeah. But the best racing the, what, that you were saying, old Texas, Miami, Chicago, Fontana, it's because of an old worn out surface. So A, we need to, tracks made a bad decision by repaving all at the same time and not letting the character of the track um, define it versus just repaving and being like every other cookie cutter track. I wish more tracks would have let their surfaces age, and hopefully that's a trend in the future. That was a very long tangent on freaking track surfaces, but <laughs> it's an important point. All right, we're going to go, we're going to talk about our favorite types of concrete next, <laughs> right after this break. There is no breaks. We have no commercials. What am I talking about? We could have commercials. Do we need to stop again for station identification? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. No, we got 20 seconds. We're, this is the banter between the commercials. Oh, Yeah. 
Oh, I need another good knock knock joke. You don't have any. You don't. I've literally never hear, heard you tell a good joke. Okay, legit. In a couple of weeks, I think I'm gonna go to a local hotel and they have an open mic no, stand up comedy. You're gonna legit. I think I'm gonna yourself. do. Oh come on! I can think I've got have, some good one liners. Can you have Henry FaceTime it? Yeah, if he goes. Okay, make him go, or I'll pay him to go so I can see this. But it's gonna be a disaster. I've got a giant sheet on my notes of, like, jokes. You need to think this through before you go on that stage. I know you're very confident in front of the camera in front of on stage like that, but when people aren't laughing, what are you going to do? Look at This note sheet's called stand-up, and I've got all this on there. Give us one. Um, <laughs> see, a lot of this I don't even know if I can. Let me find a good one. Why can't you say it? Um, I don't want to say it. Sometimes I lose consciousness when I'm really tired. I think we need the fans to tweet us and tell us whether that was a good joke or not. Maybe we'll do a poll. I vote no. You know, for career choice, I was going to go into the military because I was a big fan of Colonel Sanders. But then he wasn't real. God, you're going to (laughs) do. I'm concerned. Listen, listen, listen. This delivery is just not good because I'm, I'm, I'm botching it. In the moment when I said these things, they were great. Doesn't mean they have longevity and they're still going to be great over time. <laughs> yeah, see, I'm I'm noticing a lot of these jokes are inside jokes. That's not going to work in the stand-up <laughs> environment. Yeah, I know. We're going to have to rethink some of the material. Okay. Well, Andrew considers his future Hey, listen, choices. everyone, to all those doubters out there, yes, you were absolutely right. <laughs> I can't do this. Correct. I'm glad you're realizing that now. All right. Nothing really else from Fontana. There's no cautions, no action to talk about. Alex Bowman winning. Last time he won a race, we were there. So clearly we're not his good luck charms because we weren't at Fontana. Yeah. Oh. But I, yeah, go for it. One, I ask one thing of drivers who win races. Just one thing. Be excited when you get out of the car and are addressing the crowd. My... After seeing Ross Chastain's excitement when he won races last year, like he's literally getting on the crowd. He's all amped up. He's freaking screaming and throwing watermelons. Like that's how you celebrate a win. And this is not just Alex Bowman. This is a ton of drivers. They literally show no excitement for winning a race. It's a winning is such a huge accomplishment. I know the likes of Kevin Harvick, Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., they win so much that they're just probably used to it at this point. But, like, winning a race is a huge accomplishment. Celebrate it. Party. Go crazy. Like, Alex Bowman, I bet he had a great celebration away from the cameras, away from the track Sunday night. But when he got out of the car, he's like, yeah, it was great. We won. Yeah. Uh, great great car. I was fast. Like, you should be going crazy. It's your second career win. You were in the B, you were driving from BK Racing like five or six years ago. Now you're at Hendrick Motorsports winning a race at Fontana, third race of the year. Like, you should be amped. You should be going crazy, screaming, getting the crowd hyped up for you. Like, that's how you make fans. You celebrate like that. That's how Ross Chastain has done. Like, he just lives in the moment when he wins the races and goes crazy. I need Alex Bowman to show some excitement when wins the race. I need all drivers to actually be excited to win. Something very interesting you mentioned is, yeah, he was at BK Racing a while back, and when I talked to him two weeks ago in Vegas, it, the conversation originally started, and this will be out by the time this podcast is out, because um, I'm posting it tomorrow morning, but I was talking to him about his back and forth, like all the stupid pranks he does with Matt Benedetto, and 
he was talking about how Matt was like one of his first friends when he first entered into NASCAR and kind of they've, they've grown up through their careers together. And I'm starting to see like there's so much parody between how Matt Benedetto rose to this Team Penske ride, basically Team Penske affiliated ride at Wood Brothers, same way Alex Bowman rose to Hendrick Motorsports. And he mentioned something very interesting, both with not super big name sponsor. I know you look at Nationwide, but that's that's not even the case anymore, anymore for Alex yeah. Bowman. Right. Yeah. Um, what, why are you freaking rolling your eyes? Because like you that. just totally diverted from the conversation I started. Don't you, wouldn't you want Alex Bowman to be more excited when he wins? Why is this the conversation? Because it's important for the future of NASCAR. Drivers need to be excited about winning. I get it, but it's like evident. I need people to realize how important it is for drivers to actually celebrate a victory. Like, you see how Ross Chastain celebrates? Wouldn't you prefer every driver celebrate like him? Yeah, no, of course. I think a lot of it, I mean, just some, some guys have a harder time showing that. I mean okay just I'm not even gonna go there never mind um like Clint Boyer you know how he celebrates a win like he has family running this is Martinsville a couple years ago family running down the front stretch saying how much he's gonna go party tonight and drink like Alex Bowen probably ended up doing that and oh, the one funny thing he did say his team he said he promised a crew guy or something to go get tattoos if they won that's cool that's crazy but like you got to be like, we're going to go party so hard. This is so cool. This is what we work for all the time. We won. Let's go freaking have a party and get tattoos and all that stuff. Like, emphasize that. That's what people want to hear. They want to know, like, this is not just some corporate guy winning a race. This is like a um, fun, young, 20-something-year-old winning a NASCAR race at the top level. Like, this huge accomplishment. Like, Guys win the Super Bowl, they throw these huge parties. I know it's not Fontana's in the Super Bowl, but you should celebrate every win like it's the best one, and it could be the last one. You just never know. I'm very curious to see if he follows through with the 88 tattoo. You should ask him next time you see him. I will. Yeah. No, but I'm just so sick and tired of complaining about the same, because we literally complained about this last year. But it's important, don't you realize? It hasn't changed. I'm going to keep mentioning it until something gets oh, done about man. it, until drivers God. learn to see what Ross Chastain does and celebrates. I want guys to be excited about winning. That's all I care about. Okay. We'll move on. All right. We're going to Phoenix. What are you doing this weekend in Phoenix? It's going to be a very busy weekend. Friday, it was um, originally we were we had like three scheduled things all weekend long and Friday just turned into this colossal like we're emailing people back like having to reschedule and the times they suggest we already have something scheduled for that. So, it's going to be pretty pretty packed um weekend probably talking to Jimmy Johnson this weekend, which will be really big. Actually, that is so coincidental i literally as soon as i said jimmy johnson's name getting a text from my dad right now saying can we do saturday and we will check in on that so i thought it was going to be friday but it's going to be saturday instead so yeah talking to jimmy which will be cool Haley deegan who i've never talked yes. to before oh, is on the schedule we have to talk, I'm wait, wait, thinking we need to pause and talk about Haley deegan real quick hold on you tell me whether this is a good idea. I'm thinking blindfold challenge with Haley Deegan. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, should be funny. All right, you're talking to Haley <laughs> Deegan, right? Yeah. How old are you? 18. Why? She's also 18. There's yes. only one question you need to ask her. What's that, Jason? Will you take Jason on the date? 
<laughs> yes, I will. Uh, you know what I'll do? Ah, oh, I've got it. I'm gonna go and I'm gonna print out that picture of you and the McDonald's no, clown. No, no, no. And that'll no, be the no, perfect no, no. like. How, how? Okay, Jason, how would she say no? A lot of ways, maybe in a couple of languages. <laughs> but I'll give you some photos that are really, you know, showcase my like, personality. Do you have a Tinder? Tinder quality photos, yes. That's the name of the spot. Do you have a Tinder? Um, I don't answer that question. Oh, interesting. Doing some digging here on RHRR. Yes, like Tinder quality photos. You should have, you should do speed dating. I should already have those kinds of photos from you. It's a one interview, it's a one question interview, correct? No, I'm going to ask her real questions. No. This okay, is your one okay, opportunity. Whole thing. You're scheduling okay, time to All hang right. out with Haley right. Deegan. You have this is your one shot, Andrew, to ask her out for me. <laughs> yeah, that'll go. I'll FaceTime you, and you can do yeah. it on yourself. Okay, I'll, I'll be ready. <laughs> but yeah, it'll be exciting, and then doing course driver intros on Saturday, which I'm gonna be honest, I'm nervous about. Like so, a lot of people are like, you got to get the whole crowd into. It. I mean, like you are introducing yeah. the field, let alone you got to get pronunciations right. And I think I've got those down. But there's like some boxes you need to check with every driver. Do you know how you make this unique and memorable for the crowd and everyone who's paying attention? Tell me. You give the drivers funny one-liners. My Carmen probably is going to go to Applebee's after the race, driving the number seventy-four. My Carmen Toyota. I don't know. Wouldn't that be funny? What if it was like Noah Gregson, who would most likely start a fire on the racetrack if he won today in Phoenix? No. Noah Gregson. What? Why old, do you hate that? Because there's funnier things you could do with for Noah. Noah Gregson. Tinder addict. Something like that. See, one-liners would be hilarious. The only thing you can do, Texas Motor Speedway did, like, mean phrases for, like, people. Like, they were, like, super mean about it. And I think you could, I think someone did an article about like everything they wrote about these drivers. Just don't be mean. That's the only thing you can't be mean about. Yeah. I might, if I've got time before, um, I'll go behind the stage and I'll talk to some of the guys that I've worked with before and see if either they want me to introduce them as anything funny or specific, or even if like, Hey, if you wanted to grab the mic real quick. Like, do something like that. Because normally, like, only the pole center maybe grabs the mic. What if Gregson, like, qualified fifth, but I just, like, handed the mic. He said, like, two things. Sure. I've got some words I'd like you to use, <sighs> at least one of them. Why do you hate all my ideas? I just want your ideas to be good and unique. We're the future of NASCAR content, and we need to be top of our game. We need to be Man, high class. you just dismiss them so quickly, like you're bored. But, yeah, let me hear some of your words. Okay. Goose. What? How am I going to use goose? Slip. Linen. Scissors. Wilderness. I don't know how I'm going to use any of those you words. Think those words are better than manure, orgasm, and the other ones we used last year. If you can't use those during... No. Try to use them during driver intros. If not... All of them, I'm lucky if I get one. No, I'm saying pick one, yeah. I'm looking at this list. I think Slip and Scissors are the two front-running candidates, but... Well, Wilderness. Yeah, where would I use Wilderness, though? I don't know. Um, How about this? If I can't make it in intros, I'll try... Jimmy Johnson. 
No, <laughs> but I will. I will get it in some sort. Oh, you know what it is? Here we go. Blindfold challenge. I gave Haley Deegan scissors oh, to hold. You can't <laughs> let her stab herself. No, I know that was a joke. Give her, give her um, a goose to hold. Yeah, I'll give her a goose. Oh, this here, is actually funny. Here you go, Haley. Careful, it's flapping. I had all my blindfold stuff in my suitcase because we were gonna do it in Vegas and then didn't end up doing it. One of my friends came in and he saw it and he didn't even say anything until like two days later. He's like, why did you have a sippy cup in your <laughs> in your suitcase? I'm like, that's for the blindfold game. So, all right. And you know what? I, I, I will do this to where if I don't do it at intros, it won't be in a segment. How about that? Deal. All right. Have fun in Phoenix. They can follow you on Twitter at Andrew Curlin TV and on Instagram at Andrew Curlin to see all your content directly from That's the racetrack. Right. They can also tweet how bad your jokes are to those Twitter handles, correct? And Instagram yeah, handle. But um, I've got some I've got some jokes in the bank. And like I literally agreed to this. You know, people come up to me and they're like, You're one of the funniest people I've ever met. I'm like, awesome. So you clearly don't think that, Jason, but I've got fans, buddy. No, okay, you don't. big no, fans. You don't. We're gonna make it big time in this industry. And the next Will Ferrell. Actually, no, I don't want to be the next. So Will should Ferrell. I tell NASCAR? Or do you want to tell NASCAR you're gonna forego a job opportunity for your stand-up comedy career? Well, we'll see. Maybe I'll combine it. Oh God, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, probably won't. I'll keep them separate. But yeah, I got some material in the back pocket. Uh-huh. I haven't even thought of new things. So. Now I have the chance to actually think of some material. I'll make, I'll roast you in a joke. How about that? Yeah, good luck. I'd like to yeah. see that. You know what? You should try that. For a future show, I'll give you a minute to try to roast me. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. All right. All right. That's it, everybody. You can follow me, and that's it. Hey, Jason Schultz, where can we follow you? Follow me on Twitter at HeyJasonSchultz, on Instagram at HeyJasonSchultz, because I like to make it easy for people. Um, Really cool. I've been doing the last couple weeks now, this week and last week, working on a lot of Dale Jr. download content, which is exciting to be able to work on that in addition to what I do with Door Bumper Clear for Dirty Mo Media. So uh, I like to I'll repost at the end of the week all the different videos and podcasts I work on. So check that out on my Twitter. And, yeah, I'm not going to racetracks anytime soon, but you know what? I tweet good stuff all the time. So never a bad time to give me a follow. Yeah, you started an angry mob the other day. You started it by excluding this podcast in your weekly content plan. Well, we will figure out when... I mean, obviously, y'all will know when it's posted because it's up by now and you're listening to it. But we'll see. We'll see when we post it. All right. Have fun in the desert. Yes, I will. It's going to be fun. Talk to you after Phoenix.